We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. And welcome to the Reason of Theology show on a Tuesday evening, joined by Steve Cunningham, guest on our show. He's going to be talking about the Great Reset. And of course, Steve is from the notable uh, show, Census Fidelium. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I appreciate it. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you. And and just so we're talking about the Great Reset. Um, you know, this is something that is relatively new as far as topics. So maybe introduce us to the term Great Reset. What exactly is it? And, um, you know, let's let's uh, basically just go from there. Introduce us to the topic. All right. Yeah, this is a ever, thankfully Vigano, Archbishop Vigano wrote a little letter that got a bunch of, I'll say, normies to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but this thing is. Imagine the iceberg. What he yeah. did with that took the Titanic. Now, what he did was take the little bit top of it. This thing is gigantic and just does all every form of your life. It's basically, should I get the tinfoil face muzzle on that I have? Uh, it's basically a rebranding of the New World Order. Now, I know people go, <laughs> the conspiracy flags are flying now. I got, I'll show, well, through this, the time we're together, you're going to hear from their own words. I have. These books, <laughs> all by the guys. So if you if you don't believe me, buy the book or, or they're free on Kindle. Uh, so if you don't believe anything I say, check it out yourself. I mean, really, in this one, it's so the intro. I'll read it verbatim. Uh, the part that they say it's biblical. Uh, Radical change changes of such consequence are coming that some pundits have referred to a quote before coronavirus BC and after coronavirus, AC era. Uh, I'll get some more from that later. But what this is, has been, a, a, uh, just been, it is not something that just happened this year. This has been in the works for quite some time. Uh, if I could share the screen for us, for everybody, I'll show a couple links. Yeah, go ahead. Is it Sharon? I don't see it yet. Um, does it show it's sharing on your end? Because normally it pops up for me and lets me click on it. Um, but I don't. There it is. There okay. it goes. Okay. There we go. My apologies, everybody. No, no problem. No problem. All right. So we got why the WHO faked a pandemic. This is from 2010 and it was taken down 
let's see, this was a month and a half ago. So this is from the Wayback Machine on archive.org. This back when swine flu was going down, they were thinking that it was going to be 250,000 or 500,000 per year by their own numbers. The mildest, mildest pandemics of the 20th century killed at least a million people, which we go to this. And Kloss actually says, quote, uh, where were we at? At the end of 20, June 2020, at the time when the outbreak still raging in Latin America, South Asia, and much of U.S., COVID-19 has killed less than 0.006% of the world population. To put this low figure into context, in terms of lethality, the Spanish flu killed 2.7% of the world's population and HIV AIDS, 0.6% from 81 to today. The plague of Justinian on its onset in 541 until until it finally disappeared in 750, killed almost a third of the population of Byzantium, in Byzantium, according to various estimates. And the Black Death is considered to kill between 30 and 40 percent of the world population at the time. So another thing to know of is this is not about a virus either. So we've heard them scream cry wolf many times. As one PM in, in England said, uh, will a virus come around that will kill a lot of people off? Yeah, probably. But this ain't it. But they're using it. The Rockefeller uh, lockstep document. I'll have all these in the show notes that you can put in the video and I'll share around as well. This goes in. This was back in 2010. This goes into, you'll hear of terms of uh, legacy jobs, um, changing the way you work. Uh, there'll be a time when you'll be locked down. Masks will be forced on people, etc. This was written in 2010. Again, you can read it for yourself. It's a pretty lengthy argument. Uh, article. So event 201 comes around. Uh, people have seen this. I've watched it a couple times. It's on YouTube. Guess who helped sponsor this thing? The World mm -hmm. Economic Forum, mm -hmm. who's in charge of the Great Reset. Mm -hmm. What is the Great Reset? I'll let Klaus Schwab speak. Thank you, Adrian. It is obvious that we are in the midst of the most severe crisis the world has experienced since World War II. 75 years ago, countries and people came together to shape the post-war global order, which brought us decades of peace, increased global cooperation and prosperity to hundreds of millions of people around the world. The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion, and equality. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system for the need for the post-corona era. We have a choice to remain passive, which would lead to, an, to the amplification of many of the trends we see today. Polarization, nationalism, racism, and ultimately increased social unrest and conflicts. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract, particularly integrating the next generation we can change our behavior to be in harmony with nature again. And we can make sure 
that the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution are best utilized to provide us with better lives. In short, we need a great reset. So you can imagine him having a kitty cat on his leg as the, the perfect villain in any James Bond movie or uh, Dr. Evil incarnate. Uh, just, just, just imagine him petting He needs a cat to be stroking. Now, who is this guy? Now, this is a great article. This is uh, off Guardian, but it was done by Winter Oak. Uh, again, I'll have all the show notes together. He's a child of Hitler's Germany, born in 38. Uh, so he's used to the used to this idea. Some of these things. Uh, it's, I won't go through all of this because it's a lengthy article. But some of the key notes to take away is uh, basically UBI is involved, universal basic income. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution is basically what that means is digital takeover. Uh, they call up with four different uh, stages of the industrial revolution. And this is the fourth one. It's basically, if you want to get Hollywoodish with it, Terminator meets Matrix, and we end up uh, like Demolition Man. Uh, and I'm not joking about the food part in Demolition Man because we'll get to that in in a minute. Uh, this is basically a communistic takeover of everything, a controlling aspect of your life. Again, in every known factor of your life, and it's wrapped around in climate change. So everything is about climate change. Um, if you want to read about the villain himself, again, go for it. Here's a perfect video. They took this down. This is eight predictions for the world in 2030 by the World Economic Forum. So notice you won't own anything. Okay? Mm. No private property. Everything you'll do is rented. So again, it'll be delivered by drone, AI. Well, uh, technology in here is just nano, tech, drones, uh, uh, autonomous cars, uh, smart cities. Basically, everything you're thinking of is going to be tech-driven. Mm. That's kind of funny in there because in here he has what uh, uh, scenario with the U.S. winning and China winning. Those are the only two countries he talks about in the books. Hmm. You'll just die. But also, they also talk about 3D printing, hmm. printing up pharmaceutical, even drugs. Hmm. Um, and then obviously uh, robotics. I got another video on that. They're thinking about curing, uh, using robots for uh, people that are paralyzed, which is a good thing. But with every good thing, with road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Think about that. They'll print new organs, 3D printing. I mean, 3D printing is big with these guys. You'll eat much less meat. That's a part of the climate change thing. They use that as uh, if you're eating a lot of meat, that screws up the environment, carbon that. Carbon uh, dioxide is going up, et cetera. What they're looking for, they will use plant-based. So you remember uh, the fad a couple months ago with the Impossible Burger. And uh, was, Bur was that Burger King? Burger King had the Impossible Burger. And then you had, I think Snoop Dogg was doing something with Dunkin' Donuts that was fake news <laughs> as well. Like you talk about, <laughs> yeah, Snoop D-O-double-G, the sellout from Compton. Is 
Yeah, he's just staying at a drive-thru, handing out Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to me, Ice that. Cube is that. sold out like this. All these guys. <laughs> if Tupac is alive, he'd be coming back. I saw Jizba from Wu-Tang did some stuff about impossible sliders or something. It was really, really? pushing vegan. Yeah, for, for those who are familiar with Wu-Tang, Jizba. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it gets, it gets into, well, what do you want? Insects. Remember the fad with insect uh, bars and stuff like that? I have not heard of This is new to me. <laughs> okay, well, I, I sit back. This is just the beginning. I'm just giving you wow. a little one percenter type deal. I got the info yeah. on the insects, too. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're wanting us to eat. But basically, when you hear, when I bring up the communist thing, what's the key, uh, uh, key word for that is equality. They want mm. equality mm. in finance, income, income uh, food. Uh, so you you wouldn't own anything; you would rent it, right? Why, why yeah. wouldn't it just be given to you? You would borrow it. Why why rent? I mean, why would I want to rent something and and not own it? Well, it depends on what you're wanting to rent too. Yeah. Cars will be just for the elite. I got a vi they actually have a video from 2011. I talked about that. Uh, basically, more into bicycles. You have your own bike. Uh, motorized uh, robotic bike so you don't have to pump it. Some reason, don't you think ex exercising would be a big thing with these people? No, everything's robotic. Uh, but it's kind of like, in a sense, Star Trek. Remember where they were talking about there's no money, everyone's happy, they don't own yeah. anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that whole utopia thing of uh, if, if someone has property, then no one else that's not being you know fair to everybody else. So you can't own anything because everyone needs to use it. it kind of that mindset. Um, here we go. There's the thing for the good of the environment. And they are for all for open borders. Yeah. And remember, I'll get into this later on, but the the oil and gas guys are in on this, believe it or not. Hmm. And they literally want, I think it's this one that talks about putting a, establishments on Mars. Lock, uh, Lockheed Martin. I drove a guy for uh, down from the airport a couple of years ago in Uber, when I was doing Uber and he worked at Lockheed and told me they got people lined up uh, on a waiting list to experiment their lives on Mars. So that video finally got taken down like the other website just the, a couple weeks ago, and some of the guys put it up on BitChute. And these aren't, you know, the uh, World Economic Forum. This isn't just some kind of quackery. Uh, I'm looking here online, time.com. 
has uh, the first thing that I pulled up was the Great Reset. The COVID-19 pandemic has provided a unique opportunity to think about the kind of future we want. Time partnered with the World Economic Forum to ask leading thinkers to share ideas for how to transform the way we live and work. So this is out there in just big, big time news. Yeah, this is kind of what drives me nuts. If you watch any of the uh, I started doing a This Week in Tyranny series. Mm. <laughs> we were doing the, the news show and it's just not enough. There's yeah. so much weirdness going on. And I was at after mass talking with one of the priests and he said he was watching. He he heard about the, what we were talking at the time, uh, the TIP, uh, the plan about the uh, the, the uh, voting that was going to how they were going to rig the election. Mm. I knew, we knew about this months ago. Uh, and he goes, wow, what, you tell me, ex explain a little bit about it. I go, I see another priest. He never heard of it. And then I started asking about other things like event 201, et cetera. And no one had a clue. So it's just, it drove me nuts that I was saying, I, I got, you know, I'm busier than anything. And I see other people going, how do you guys not see it? Now, not just, not, not talking about laymen, but bishops and priests. Guys, this we're talking about, and I'll show it. They're talking about redefining hu what hu being a human is, hmm. turning wow. us into robotic type transhumanism stuff. Uh, not just Elon Musk, but uh, an example would be uh, being able to send a text to your tracking device, my, your iPhone, by thought, hmm. you know, or tweet an idea by thought. Uh, you could uh, your cows if you have a farm. Would be able to communicate now that i know that's not human through an app a just you know and i mean that's just the start uh, so yeah uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad you came on with this like heck yeah let's do it to a lot of people been talking about but they haven't like i said gotten deep into or just scratched the surface of what this is so this no uh noah we'll just say noah <laughs> the world after coronavirus Couple, I've just got some of the things I screenshot. One of the problems we face in working out where we stand on surveillance is that none of us know exactly where we are being surveilled and what the coming years might bring. Surveillance technology is developing at breakneck speed, and what seemed science fiction 10 years ago is today old news. Uh, there was a member of the show by uh, Jim Caviezel, a uh, person of interest. Uh, my wife and I loved it. It was, it was actually a cool show. The problem is... <laughs> If they had that tech on the show, that tech is available in real life. And it was nothing but the state the, mm. the, the state surveilling you, facial recognition, every every corner. Uh, I mean, they were basically fighting the computer system at that time towards the end of the, the program. As a thought experiment, consider a hypothetical government that demands that every citizen wears a biometric bracelet that monitors body temperature and heart rate 24 hours a day. You already, some people already have that with their, iWatches or whatever, the resulting data is hoarded and analyzed by government government algorithms. They actually talk about how data is the new oil in this. Hmm. The algorithms will know that you are sick even before you know it. And they will also know where you have been and who you have met. Tracking The tracking apps that are coming out are doing exactly this now. The chains of infection could be drastically shortened and even cut together. Such a system could arguably stop the epidemic in its tracks within days. Sounds wonderful, right? Biometric monitoring would make Cambridge Analytica's data hacking tactics look like something from the Stone Age. Imagine North Korea in 2030 when every citizen has to wear a biometric bracelet 
24 hours a day. If you listen to a speech by the great leader and the bracelet picks up a telltale signs of anger, you're done for. Hmm. And they you know, stuff like this, being able to read your, being able to almost like minority report, know it before you even have it. You know, the underlying theme that I'm seeing in all this is control. So my question would be who controls all of this? all this technology, these advances, who would be in charge? Who would be in control of it? Definitely not us. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, have you seen the videos of uh, Swab a couple weeks ago? Now this, there was a video that they finally got up from last week that was back in July where he says the next great crisis will be the, uh, uh, the internet uh, takeover, basically an internet crisis, a breakdown. A, uh, uh, was I just lost my train of thought on it. Anyways, there are a game plan for it. So who would come in to save that? Well, they create the problem. I will step in. We got the solution. Let us take it over. This isn't working. Let us take it over. Literally, this is all about them taking it over. Uh, the World Economic Forum being the head guys of all this. And they got, and I'll show the spider web version of this. Who's who is involved in this? So we're, if you don't get the email from the who's who guys, you ain't part of that group. Uh, so I'm assuming you're with me on that. We're, we yeah. ain't part of that group. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's a couple of uh, cozy quotes from uh, Swab that you could tuck your kids in for this. Mm-hmm. This is from COVID-19, the Great Reset. The spread of infectious diseases has a unique ability to fuel fear, anxiety, and mass hysteria. In doing so, as we have seen, it also challenges our social cohesion and collective capacity to manage a crisis. Epidemics are by nature devices, divisive and traumatizing. You see that in your friends, family, et cetera. You go into a restaurant or, or grocery store, people look at you as your biohazard. Mm-hmm. If no one power can enforce order, our world will suffer from a global order deficit. Unless individual nations and international organizations succeed in finding solutions to better collaborate at the global level, we risk entering an age of entropy in which in retrenchment, fragmentation, anger, parochialism, and increasingly define our global landscape, making it less intelligible and more disorderly. When confronted with it, some industry leaders and senior executives may be tempted to equate and reset with restart hoping to go back to the old normal and restore what worked in the past, traditions, tested procedures, and familiar ways of doing things. In short, a return to business as usual. His words, this won't happen because it cannot happen. For the most part, business as usual died from, or at least was infected by COVID-19. Hence, we must have a reset, which is literally a takeover, as you're talking about, control. They're in control, which is kind of funny because these guys are kind of like Bilderberg Light. Uh, no one really knew who these guys were until this year. Uh, where are we going with this? So, remember I told you climate change. This is just a test run. They've actually said this in here. I'll show. scroll down here. It says... This has been, to some extent, a test run of positive and negatives, the possibilities and the harm. What we need to ensure is that we are helping people, we're creating jobs, we're supporting livelihoods, blah, 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 blah. Why I say that is they want net zero by 2050. Okay, You've heard that many times. You've heard 
Biden yeah. talking about all these uh, whale humping, tree tree licking, whale frog lickers talking about this. 7.6% is what they wanted to get down every year for the next 10 years to get to uh, for to 2030. Guess what they got to in the shutdowns this past year? Seven. And you'll see that all over. I, was, I think it's uh, maybe it's in this one. Uh, I'll have to. I, I know I have it on here. We'll run into it. Yeah. Maybe I got this all out of uh, whack on here, but it's a test run to see one how we would react and mm -hmm. if it worked. And you notice that they had there's videos, and I think this is on here of China people being able to see the the mountain range again. So these guys were all jacked about that while people were losing their business income, businesses, etc over something that nobody knew anybody dying off of, basically. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, I still don't know anybody died off. I know a couple of people that got it, but they were they said that the, the flu was worse. Mm -hmm. So what is the fourth industrial revolution? What it means, how it responds? Yeah, I'm wondering what is happening to the world. Everything is changing. The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Think about that. It's, that's going to change? How, how's that? Our bodies will be so high-tech, we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial. Hmm. Yeah, transhumanism. <laughs> Inside our own heads, is the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe. You might ask yourself, can we get to be superhumans? interesting any culture that uh thinks that it can produce superhumans would really have no need for god um, oh yes that kind of arrogance you know yes no exactly and god's not really talked about too much in this uh i wouldn't think which, so which in part four part three or part four of red 201 they talk about which these guys you know sponsored they got to get the clergy on board obviously and they've actually talked about that with the Pope, that they need to get the clergy to preach to get the Pope so that people do it. What is it with the obsession about, you know, reaching this superhuman state? I mean, we saw this with Hitler. We saw this with others, with eugenics. They want to return to this superhuman race. I mean, what, why this preoccupation with that, I wonder? What, what's going on there? That's Probably that, you know, everlasting, eternal living type deal thing. If there's yeah. no God, then death yeah. is over with. Right. Uh, so maybe this is just to keep they, – they don't mention prolonging life. Yeah. Now, with the with the, what we just saw with the 3D printing a liver and a heart and uh, what I have in there is said in there about pharmaceuticals printing up. They're trying to extend it while being eugenicists at the same time. But it, that, they're not – it's it's a scary type deal thing, especially when they start telling about you know the food shortage or you're not going to be you're basically in you know burning with subserving to the state, which the whole Paris Accord. I'll get into that later, but you've heard Biden say we got to get in the Paris Accord, 
and I'm no Magna Flag wearer, but with everyone, I, I know people laugh every time I say that, but Trump got us out of the Paris Accord, which keeps us out of this reset. Mm-hmm. If we get back in the Paris Accord, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you see this happening in Ireland, uh, Australia. I saw a link. I saw a video today. Australia is having forced testing. Uh, they'll come to your house if you, ain't, if you haven't gotten tested. Um, Ireland's got the Health Pass app. The U.S. has if the they app. Can force you to test. It seems like they could really force you to do anything, really. And Australia, uh, and, uh, they test. They were testing the waters with the forest poke, and uh, I'm I'm meaning to use poke. It's not the V word for you, so nothing happens to the channels. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. um, so they they mandated it at first, and there was an uprising, and then mm-hmm. they backed it off. So all right, we're not going to do that, but. If you want to work, you got to take the poke. And there was a uh, link today I saw from uh, Ice Ager channel that he posted uh, grocery stores are signed up, 400 grocery stores and uh, Walgreens type places to give out the poke. And in it, we're thinking, well, that's a start. If eventually they're going to get to, they're giving it out. What if you have to have it to buy anything inside there? You have to have the app. They already got the app from Clear. Clear has an app, which goes back to 2001 and the 9-11 fiasco, where Clear comes in later and goes, hey, we got this nice new thing to get around the TSA that everybody hates that. Notice back in those days, everybody said, oh, this will only be around just for a short time. It's never left us. Now today, the entire world is TSA. So clear comes in, you pay this thing, and you only do a retinal scan to get on a plane like normal. We used to, what we used to do, you just walked in, no shoes taken off, no uh, belt having to go off. You just walked in, scanned, gone. You got you, you to use the app at a football stadium in, in Seattle right now. To get into a game, you have to scan the app to get into a game. Eventually, that will go for everybody in the continental United States. It's just that's social credit score. We'll get into that with the UBI universal basic income, because if robots are taking over and doing everything, what what are people going to do for work? How are you going to pay anything? UBI, enter UBI, which I saw back in the day uh, when I was doing Uber, I saw a lot of people with McDonald's, they had these inside when you used to go inside. You, I would use it to use our Wi-Fi. So I would drive 12 hours and then put a video together, crash in their parking lot and drive a couple more hours and go see the kid before he went to sleep. <laughs> Scarf down some dinner. Uh, they had this big thing. They wouldn't ask anybody to talk to a human. They wanted you to use the uh, the digital thing up there to put your order in, and people were in the back would cook it, or a robot. They had robots cooking the hamburgers at different places. And I told them, they're eliminating your job. Just a little entry, which autonomous cars, Uber, Lyft was doing it. They had a place in Tempe, Arizona. A fleet of them were down there. Uh, they already knew of that, and this talks about it at the bottom underneath the video. AI in recent years, driven by <laughs> self-driving cars, drones to virtual assistants, software to translate and invest. It's literally Skynet. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Here's a lady that she she's a she's a piece of work here. It gives us access to ourselves in ways that we've never before thought possible. It unlocks the black box that is the brain and enables us to. Um, really, truly be able to uh, realize an identity that is aspirational. And they bring up in here uh, virtual reality, uh, 
A was it AR? I think it was. Yeah, AR. I forget what AR stood for. Three different ones. VR was the main one. So, and here's <laughs> think of me. Stop me if you ever heard this one. Uh, perhaps even more important, VR opens new ways of communicating that were previously unimaginable. Instead of saying how we feel, we can fully convey how we feel to a loved one or a coworker through immersive 3D visuals and sound and by engaging every sense. This opens to a new world of empathy for everybody with an open heart and open mind to create a better, more compassionate society. Sounds great. <laughs> and the last one, the last part, we do want a more compassionate society. Catholic version, not these guys. It's like the whole world do oh, uh, one world government. It's a Catholic government. We're running it. So there, this is a concept that you would be able to make a person feel certain emotions. Is that right? Do you remember Demolition Man? I brought that up. There's a scene in there mm -hmm. where Sandra Bullock asks uh, Sylvester Stallone, let's have sex. And Sly is going, all right, yeah, yeah. He just woke up from 30 years in an ice cube. She puts a VR thing on. Mm -hmm. They both do. And, and he's like, what the heck is going on here? Mm -hmm. They're talking about stuff like this throughout there. You're not touching anybody because... But you're but you're experiencing certain sensations and feelings. You get the emotional uh, part. So I wonder what is to stop one from using that to uh, make you experience certain negative sensations, uh, so that you do whatever they do or want, want you to do. In other words, um, we're we will withhold these negative sensations from you. You won't have to experience them if you do this. But if you don't do this. Are going to experience this. What's this? I wonder what's to stop somebody, whoever's in control of this, from doing that. Yeah, he, they bring that up. They bring us pros and cons because he even brings it up. But will we will we be lonely with VR? You won't be lonely. Facebook, you won't be lonely. Dates online now. I, I remember seeing a. Uh, I know this is not answering totally the question, but he brings up the pros and cons. But it won't. Yeah, you can hack into something just like you can hack into AI AI cars or any car now. And change, take out their, uh, it's got a computer chip, take out their brakes, et cetera, has been, you know, executions via car. That's been well documented. Uh, here's one for, continue on that thought. We can also easily put ourselves not just in someone else's shoes, but in somebody else's body and experience what they experience. We could become African-American or Latina, gay or transsexual, quadriplegic, Jew, Muslim. Then when we return back to our original identities, better informed and in, trans and, and in a way transformed. In a few years, instead of sending an emoticon, we will be able to send a file containing an immersive VR experience. So through their senses, the recipient can exactly understand how we feel. Think of uh, the Matrix. Plug it in the back. I know Kung mm -hmm. Fu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so let me go in here. This They, 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 in this area, they're talking about how the robots do some great work, but you still need a human every so often. Thank you. Let's see. Voluntarily move my legs while stepping in a robot by exciting the nervous system using electrical stimulators directly onto the spine. We believe that a cure will be possible if enough of the right people have the will to fast track a cure for paralysis. You don't need to take over the world to do that. 
and the technology. One of the things that I think is so essential Here's the kicker. in open societies is freedom of thought. Um, and up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions, um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely, to think divergent thoughts, to think creative thoughts. And in a society where people fear having those thoughts, uh, the likelihood of being able to enjoy progress is significantly diminished. You know, if they're able to determine what your thoughts are, they could also say that, you know, we don't like that you have that particular thought. And if you continue to have it, there's going to be these consequences. So, I mean, controlling your thoughts, what, what's to stop that? Exactly. That's what I mentioned that in that Financial Times episode wrote with that Noah wrote saying that if you're in South Korea and you get this anger from listening to your world, le your leader, they'll know it. Maybe you'll get a knock on the door. Maybe your social credit score. That's coming. To be able to do anything gets a little knocked down a little bit, and you can't go out and buy. You might not be able to travel to go get groceries or even buy groceries or whatever. You won't be able to do anything because of these things. Especially uh, if this is technology that's implanted into you as an infant, where you don't have any control over what's in you. You know, right? No, exactly. Here's one that's uh, from 2011. I'm so glad you're on time. I'm V. I'm looking forward to showing you around Planopolis today. My husband works from home. He's a virtual engineer working on one of the city's desalination plants. He controls the robots who do all the important maintenance. See, one of the things that happened during this lockdown was what? They reprogrammed everybody to work from home. So one of the things about not owning anything is not owning a car. So they don't want you driving to work because if you don't drive to work and you're staying at home, what is that? You don't have your carbon footprint to have to worry about. They talk about in here, robots building robots. Again, I don't want to bring up Terminator. <laughs> but robots build robots is only on one movie I've seen. But this guy is at home doing nothing but VRC. It's over his eye. It's, it's programmed into the matrix, basically. Are you ready to go? Have you got your calorie card open on your smartphone? Calorie card. did your visit with Slick Travel Corp the other day, so they've uh, allotted you a journey time to, to match mine. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? AI cars. Switch off brain and go to work. With this many people around, I'm glad there's a mega computer in charge. We are so that doesn't sound freaky, huh? A mega yeah. computer in charge. Yeah, I'm right. Kids were allocated to school quite near my practice so I can drop them off on the way. It saves on my calorie ration. Well, it won't be long until the little darlings get their career announcement. Did you hear that calorie ration? I didn't catch that. No. And she says it saves on our calorie ration, but that's part of the social you credit. Be, you would be portioned, you know, a certain amount of food and calories. Gotcha. Right. It's so hard, so I'm sure they'll get something good. Not that there's anything wrong with fixing carbon scrubbers for a living or anything. Are you hungry? Let's pop to the market as we pass. Right, what's on the menu this month? No, not meat. It's not your birthday. Did you catch that? It's not, not your, birthday. your birthday. It's no meat. Global <laughs> Food Council are doing a really good job of keeping food production going. I mean, you don't get the choice you're used to, but we're better off than most. 
think it's probably easiest to walk from here. You barely see a car in the city centre nowadays, unless you're rich. <laughs> well, the state knows they just aren't practical anymore. We're all trying to meet our global carbon deal. Electric bikes are so much better for getting around our neighbourhood. And why waste valuable space on car parks when you can use them to grow food? I don't care what you say, Alex. They don't deserve to live in that ghetto. They are completely disconnected. No high-speed transport system, no new internet. They miss out on jobs and many essential services too. Oh, hi again. <laughs> what a day. I had to make an emergency visit to the Cry Freedom ghettos. I mean, I miss my sister like mad, but I'm glad they went when they moved to New Amsterdam. They're safe from climate change on the floating city. <laughs> that must be her now. It's much easier to meet up with friends virtually now. So many cities have banned cars in central areas. Ooh, looks like she's got some juicy gossip. So that was from 2011. Wow. <laughs> if I said that to you 10 years ago, you were, wow, you're a kook. Now it makes sense. Right. <laughs> and then after reading this, everything they said in there is in it. Klaus talks about it. And what is this book, that book, uh, the World Economic Forum websites, all that. And that You literally saw that happen this year. Wow. What this, is this? Uh, this? Yeah, this goes into uh, Eric Warhol, who ended up writing about, in response to the CNN, the pandemic didn't solve climate change. This week's disasters are proof. I think this is where they bring up the 7%. I think that, yeah, the CNN article brings that up. But he ends up having a great one. Because all I wanted, all, I, all we have to do, I want a future in which my weekend choice is either a quick hypersonic commercial jet flight, enjoy a bit of sunshine on the other side of the world, or a weekender in the zero orbital zero gravity amusement park. Up here, I don't want a future in which I have to look over my shoulder in case the climate police catch me turning up a thermostat a few degrees or pull me over for driving an unauthorized distance from my house. Ireland, you had a they only could leave two kilometers away, maybe 10 kilometers max. You could there was a limit on how far you you could go from your house. They would wow. stop you and ask for it. You were living. I think England had that deal. Uh, we didn't have that in the states. I don't I don't think unless somebody did in New York City or uh, wow. Somewhere like that, but basically, he basically says, in a sense, we need to fight back in this because the CNN yeah. article was just nuts. Wow. Uh, yes, transformation maps. This is what a transformation map looks like. This is for COVID nineteen. They had one for not COVID uh, for pre COVID in twenty seventeen. They updated it to put COVID in here. You see, every walk of life's involved in this thing. Mm -hmm. Arts and culture, human rights, justice and law. Here's the Great Reset over here. Financial monetary systems, aging, insurance, innovation, you name it. Uh, geopolitics. What is this? How are migration, climate change, and education connected? How will the fourth industrial revolution, social innovation, and aging populations affect the future role of government? In an increasingly complex world, these connections can be hard to see, yet a systemic understanding of global issues is essential to today's leaders. As a global platform for multi-stakeholder cooperation, the World Economic Forum 
has developed a framework to analyze the interconnections among diverse topics, illustrating how developments in one area can impact others. By drawing on the collective intelligence of the forum's networks, transformation maps explain the factors driving change across industries, economies, and global issues. For example, by disrupting every aspect of technology, the fourth industrial revolution will have a profound impact on governance and affect the scale and character of conflict. Both will test the role of government, but will also have to take into account the challenges posed by aging populations in advanced economies. Transformation maps cover more than 120 topics. Each topic is defined by its key issues, or the strategic trends shaping that topic. And because we're not looking at topics in isolation, but at systems in transformation, we highlight how issues depicted in other maps exert influence. So in a short term, everything's connected. And they are making sure everything's connected. And he goes into it a little bit more in depth in this, in this book, but... In, if you go to their YouTube channel, they have a YouTube channel, a podcast, website. It's all there. <laughs> 500,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel. They post four to five videos every day. Uh, it's almost, it's it's impossible to know everything they're doing because it's an hour here, an hour here, an hour. They had 16 hours on food the other day. And yeah. again, we're getting in. And that's, that's just one topic. They did another 10 on finance system and the finance areas. They only did a couple on the Pope. They did a few on, well, quite a few on global warming. Everything's, but quite a few. Everything is connected to global warming though. I will say that. All right. Now, do you remember Joe saying, I would transition from the oil industry? I would transition yeah. from the oil industry, yes. Oh. Everybody said that, oh, he just lost the election. Right. Because the oil industry pollutes Significantly. Here's the deal. But that's a big thing. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. You won't give federal subsidies to the to gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar. Come on, Joe, hurry. Why are we giving it to the oil industry? We actually do give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the bit but I think I've overshot it. He ends up saying, I think by 2050, he wants to be net zero. Yeah, I remember that. And not just that, but actually to help the world get there. And um, I think a lot of people have asked Adrian if um, accelerate. This is the BP the for C. This is the CEO for BP. A company like yours play a part in making that transition work. Adrian, thank you. And um, to Professor Schwab and His Royal Highness, um, you know, we at BP, we welcome this uh, great initiative. And, uh, and I would like to offer some thoughts on, uh, on the question you raise. Um, I think some people know in, in, uh, on February the 12th of this year, BP set out an ambition to become a net zero company by 2050 or sooner. Hmm. And not just that, but actually to help the world get there. And um, I think a lot of people have asked Adrian if. Uh, yeah, I remember when Joe said that. I was actually kind of excited at that, going, wow, I can't believe he played his card like that. Trump got him. Yeah. The next day I'm at the gym, and I was I was listening to this throughout the week. And he's that was the first two minutes of me playing that. And I'm going, son of a gun. <laughs> we're hosts. <laughs> They're in on it. Right. But you wouldn't expect. Um, now, I, I want to get to some of these chat questions because I'm seeing some really good ones. Yeah, um, go for it. Oh, 
I'm uh, sorry. Let's see. It moved on me. There it is. Um, could we still oppose these plans happening and how? What do you think? Is there anything we can really even do about this at this point? Non-compliance is the best way. The, these guys are involved in local, state, and federal, every level of government. Um, think locally, act locally. People have probably heard me say that at nauseum on the chat on my on the news show and things like that. Yeah. So if the best way, <laughs> really, we need the bishops, we need the priests to be fighting, leading. Yeah. Uh, notice when Vigano wrote that letter. It really didn't say much, it, unless you had never heard this before. It was basically like a one-on-one intro to it. I skimmed it. That was really the only Vigano letter I've written. No offense. I just I'm reading other things. All right. uh, but I was interested to see what he said on that. And then I, you saw Father Goring post a video out, four or five minutes, yeah. 500,000 views. Uh, Dave, uh, Doug Berry and, uh, and uh, Father Howland's been doing a couple now on him. What uh, another normie ended up doing when I can't think. Anyways, and then secular guys started doing it. Yeah. The guy named Spiro, he's not one of us. I don't even think he likes it. I don't even know. But he had a, he had a blog post. Catholic Archbishop. Calls out, great reset, sends a letter to Trump. People from non-just secular guys will flock to us if we have a leader stand up and lead the way against this. They're wanting somebody to. Right now, there's no leadership. It's all grassroots, protesting here, protesting there, sharing links, things like that. We have no leaders to stand behind on this. They're talking about, they're great, they're going after the election and stuff like this, but no one's they're silent on this. And you saw the first. I mean, just to have, I'm not, I haven't gotten to the insect love yet <laughs> or the UBI. Where's the, we need, I mean, Catholic teaching is not part of this stuff that's going on right now. That's what we got to right. do everything we think of, fight locally, run for office in, in your local areas, get in the mayor position, get, know your sheriff, make sure you help him because he's your last, if you're in the States, your sheriff has more power than anybody in your state. He could tell he could arrest the governor if the governor comes in and does anything to him or does anything to you. He's in charge. If you got a good sheriff during this, you're gonna be fine. Your businesses, make sure you support those guys that aren't, you know, buying into this. They're getting killed right now. That's part of this whole idea. Amazon's making a fortune. Walmart's making a all these big guys are making a kill. Why? They want the, they're one, they're part of this stuff. If you look up all these groups, you'll see these guys' names in these in these sections. And two, they want this. They want you to order and have it delivered to you. They want drone delivery. They want you to just hit a button. It's convenient. I know. I got these from Amazon. So I know it's, it's you almost can't get out of it. It's kind of like uh, when someone says, how do you not support a gay industry, gay company? I got a Visa card. They they give to LBGT. Right. Uh, if, right. I, if I have Sprint or whatever, a Comcast, where my internet service, they probably do. So yeah. it's all spider and it's all connected that you can't get out of it. There's nowhere to move. Every part of it, this is a global thing that they're doing. Uh, the best, I'm more of a fighting type idea. We got to try it. We'll probably get, it's kind of like, I, that's why I love Rocky. Rocky gets killed in every, every movie, but at least he fights like hell to do it. Right. So that's basically it. Run every level. I want to put together some kind of Catholic response to us. At every state, we got to get kind of like communists did. Uh, Hamish Fraser talked about this in one of his conversion talks about cells that communists had. 
five people here, five people here, five people that just grow. But they were all united to the mothership getting their orders. We can do that, reverse their stuff, and educate. We got to educate ourselves and get uppity involved in this too. Get involved in politics. Actually, the Holy Father talked about this four years ago that the people need to get in and get into politics more. That's mm-hmm. one thing I'll say. Hey, he was he was right on that. Right. We do. We got to know what we're doing too. Be like a Gar- Garcia Moreno. Be like a Hillel Belak. Pull out your beads. Say, hey, if you don't like it, tough. This right. is what we're doing. Make your area a Catholic. Convert your area. Be strong. Don't be timid. You're going to get fight back. You're going to get hurt probably from it too. Mm-hmm. Somebody might not like it. Throw you in jail. Garcia Moreno got shot multiple times, cut his ear, ear cut off, and a, and a machete to his head. Uh, this isn't, you know, we're not a, we're not supposed to be all cupcakes, sunshine, and lollipops, live on a Serta type deal. It's right. going to get nasty if we fight back. We should. Wow. I think it's coming. Uh, 101 Caliber asks, is Fatima connected with the Great Reset, in your opinion? What do you think? I actually just thought about that because you keep saying 2030, 2030, 2030. 2029 is the 100th anniversary of the uh, the uh, the Fatima consecration that hasn't happened yet, and mm. just like uh, for in France when our Lord told them to, <laughs> the, king, the kings are in trouble if you don't do this, they didn't right. consecrate France 100 years to the day French Revolution started. 2029, uh, yeah, uh, it, this it seems like it's getting a little faster too, uh, leading up to all this. So yeah, 2030, uh, the year after that year. Probably, I would beg any all the bishops to start. Hey, let's do it. Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the bishops that. are going to be on our side anytime. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Pope's involved in this. He's that's part the problem. Of the reason he's the part problem. of the reason he a lot of the stuff that's been out there. He's for the last. I think the last thing he wrote for the U.S. last week. Read like Schwab did, and I'm you know pray for the Holy Father, you know uh, just like an alcoholic dad, you still love the guy. But he's involved in this. Uh, the, there's bishops involved. There's a, one of the cardinals of Francie, I think his name. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He leads the prayers, opening prayers that Francis writes for mm-hmm. the opening of Davos. Like, oh, just no. pull your hair right. out. Right. Um, 101 Caliber also asks another good question. Uh, what are the dangers of the upcoming Biden presidency, in your opinion? Well, I see he says, I greatly fear more wars. You can book yeah. that. Uh, he, well, he's going to get the U.S. back in wars, which is kind of funny that Trump took out the uh, troops in Afghanistan the other day. And if he ta- if he brings everybody home, he's going to force Biden to put everybody back in. He's gonna, they're going to show the, the peace guys. They're a bunch of saber rattlers as well. It's the, the military-industrial complex. That's one reason that uh, Trump is uh, has this little coup going after. The Troops love him, but the generals hate him because they're not getting any money because there's no wars going on. So, yeah, expect some wars. Uh, expect the basically the incorporation miracle amendment doctrine to come over for everybody. I mean, by, no president has the authority to be able to do half the things, they even, vast 90% of what they say. Biden can't has no authority to make a mandate for masks, shut down the economy, et cetera, like that. Uh, but Kamala or Kamala, uh, she'll be president by the end of the first term. A lot and of people keep UBI saying that. girl too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think that. I I wonder myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Oops. see any more. Oh, go ahead. 
No, just saying. Oh. Uh, he's walking by a car one day. And, Oops, uh, Epstein. Uh, Epstein got him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't see any more chat questions. I think that's going to do it. We're at the hour mark. Um, you know, I want to recommend that everybody check out your channel, Census Fidelium. Also, are there uh, is there anything else that you're working on? Any plugs that you want to put in for uh, in any additional material? I would say get Pam Ecker's book that just came out on uh, uh, the vaccinations, the Kathy teaching on it. Uh, that would be good. Get that for yourself, uh, priests, bishop, doctors, etc. Um, yeah, I can't believe we're at an hour and I didn't even have through half the links. <laughs> I let we can do a part two if you want. I've I've been here, I've done two shows already. So if you're if you want to, we can because like I said there's a, a lot of weird stuff I'm that's all for it. it. It might be in about a month before I can do it, but off the air, I can uh I can uh give you some dates that would be available and we'll do a part two and we can get to some more material. I think that would be fun. No problem. Yeah, sounds good. Great having you on. Like I said, we'll talk off the air and see if we can hash out another date. Everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for your participation there. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Just check us out also at patreon.com forward slash reason and theology. Till next time, God bless. Everybody, Steve with Sense Padel. I'm coming at you with uh, part two of my follow up with. Reason and Theology today has had me on to do the little thing on the Great Reset and I felt like I wanted to save more. So I was putting the kids down. I said, well, you know what? Let me finish Let me finish my thought because I have a bunch of links left over. Uh, we hit the hour limit on Michael's uh, program. So I figured, why not? If you want to watch part one, it's included in the link below. It will be attached at the end screen, etc. I'll put a link together with both parts on plus the links. I'll have it up on BitChute. Remember, I'm on BitChute, Library, LBRY, Odyssey. That's another one. I can't remember. Catholic Tube, things like that. Underneath this, I'll have all those links together so you can go watch the videos on BitChute or other platforms. If you don't like YouTube or if you don't like Google, uh, no problem. No hard feelings. Go over there and still get the same stuff on different form. Uh, but anyways, I wanted to finish this thought just because it was fresh on my mind. I was studying it all day, and I figured, why not just get this the rest of this out there? So watch part one. Come back and watch part two if you want. But so yeah, yeah. So it's, that's I wanted to get it done. I was, anyways, but anyway, thank you for Michael for having me on today. It was great. It was probably like an hour, just over an hour. You see the timer, hour and four minutes. Uh, we just went through all these other links here. So if you want to see what I was yapping about, uh, again, click part one. But anyway, so part two, I, here's where we ended up stopping uh, before the questions. And finally, there was a question about what to do. And I should have said more on his show on it. Obviously, pray more. Become holier. Become a saint. Uh, that's the obvious. That is definitely needed. Because I did say there's basically nothing you can do in secular wise definitely can become holier in these times we're going to need it secular also secular wise and ideas i did mention act locally and uh, think locally and act locally and get involved in local politics guess who is involved in your local and state and federal politics these guys soros invested money in governor gubernatorial races there's money getting into local uh local mayor's offices Soros and these guys are pushing for local stuff this way. They know 
if you act locally, that's very effective and it will change your it'll change how you live. But if we get involved and act locally, think locally, we could literally change our neighborhoods, our cities, states. Truthfully, forget about the union. If you're thinking about fixing the entire union, your focus is off target. Focus neighborly. Focus on your area. Focus on your state. The union's too big. It's out of scale, as uh, Abbeville Institute has a great video on that. Uh, you see how much trouble it is. It, you see that, you know, for the last few elections, there's been how many voter frauds? People have been voting for in, in presidential elections for a decade, over a decade. It's they, they turn up they turn up all the time. It won't change next year. It won't change the next year. It won't change in four years. Think locally. These guys are getting involved in local governments. You better get involved in local governments. So, all right, back to the program. Uh, this is from the UN, <laughs> as you can tell, UN. Uh, headline, cut global emissions by 7.6% every year for the next decade to meet the 1.5 degrees Celsius Paris target, uh, target UN report. This is from November 26, 2019, a year ago. Why did I bring that up? First off, the Paris Accord, you hear Biden saying he wants to get us back in the Paris Agreement. That's the Great Reset. That puts everyone back in the reset. That, that, you need to be in the Paris Accord for the reset to take over. That's why they want Biden to get in, so he brings us back in the Paris, uh, the Paris Accord. Thankfully, Trump got us out. It looks like it's now all these governors are pushing the Paris targeting thing. Uh, you hear Bill Back Better. You hear from your governors. You hear... Uh, all the cliches, all the, you know, 2030, 2050, zero emissions, all this stuff you hear from even your gubernatorial candidates and governors in your each states. 7.6% was their goal. They hit 7.0% this year during the shutdown. They want this every year for the next decade. Every year. Are you ready for that for next year? The next year. The next year. Fathers. I know in my area, y'all think this was a good, some of them, some of y'all think this was a good idea. Oh, this was, I have one priest tell me it was an inconvenience that I had to take the Blessed Eucharist with sanitizer draped over it. I could taste the sanitizer. That's not exactly healthy. And we're worried about health. You're going to rate, what are you going to do next year? The next year, the next year, the next, where's your line? We already talked in part one, talked about how they're trying to, to change the definition of humanity. Where's your line in the sand, especially when the pokey comes? Are we going to have to take the poke to go to mass? When's the temperature check stations coming into the parish? You know, it's all about, you know, got to make sure we don't get anybody sick, even though no one's ever lived that way in the history of mankind. All of a sudden now we're germophobes and we got to disinfect everything and, you know, rinse our hands 48,000 times a day. Because, hey, they'd be clean. Have some hygiene. Yes, yeah, not saying to go out there and, you know, wipe your, use your hands and then shake hands with them or go like this and shake. No, no one's telling anybody to do that. Let's have some common sense with it, though, right? <laughs> Virtues in the, me in the media, not not in the extremes or over here, you know, wash your hands 48,000 times a day, jettison holy water for sanitizer, wearing face muzzles, even though nobody's ever done that in their lives. And you only put masks on when they're sick. And I just found out that Tom Izzo, the coach for the Michigan, I think he's still coaching for Michigan State, just got done. They could, they, he got tested for the Rona. And uh, 
he said it was a uh, was outkick the coverage had a thing on it. I'm a he's a religious face muzzle wear. He got the Rona. You come up with your own decision. I would say something doesn't work. Uh, this is again. This is the original Winter Oak article uh, about Klaus Schwab and his Great Reset. I encourage you to read all this. It gets big time into his with the what he is. And the one thing I didn't like about the article is he talks about this being a fascist thing. This is actually it's communist. It's this straight up tell you this is a communistic idea. Uh, fascism. This isn't exactly a fascist thing. It's straight up commie 101, really. Uh, so that's really the only thing I didn't like about the article is he, he mentions this being basically fascism instead of straight up communism. He mentions it, but he's more on the F side. But yeah, I would recommend reading this. Again, everything will be in the show notes. So, is this, yeah, this is uh, Dave Cullen's channel. A year ago, well, take that back. Yeah, I'll take that a year ago. Uh, September, here two Septembers ago, I was pulling into the Eucharistic Congress in Charlotte, and I told my wife this. I watched, I have this stuff playing when I'm driving. She doesn't like listening to things like this, so but I do. So we're not, we're, not, we're driving together. I don't have that on. We have something else playing, radio, etc., songs, kids, whatever, kids, you know, whatever. And uh, but I'll listen to stuff like this when I'm driving on my own. So this literally was two Septembers ago. You'll see September fifth, twenty nineteen. To feed the world, begin with maggot sausage and insect ice cream, scientist says. Scientist says. Yep. I covered this in a previous episode of How Is This a Thing? Here's an excerpt. Good old climate change, the bogeyman excuse for raising taxes and now adding insects to our diet. Doesn't the future look so amazing? Those 2050, just, you know, this is before all this came out. This is before the Rona. This is before anybody ever heard of the World Economic Forum, etc. Notice 2050. Packed with protein, yes. And they're also eaten in extremely poor countries where if they had the choice, they probably wouldn't eat them. Just as a quick aside, Socialism in Venezuela has created such massive inequality and made people so unbelievably poor that they've been forced to eat the pigeons and rats in the streets. Also, some people have even broken into zoos in order to eat the animals. If people in the Western world have to one day begin eating insects to survive, it will mean that the middle class will have completely disappeared and the ruling class will continue to become richer. The mega wealthy oligarchs will continue to live in luxury and eat all the sushi, steak, linguine, caviar, and avocado toast they want, while the rest of the serfs and wage slaves will be chowing down on crickets and cockroaches and struggling to pay rent in a cycle of increasing poverty, taxation, and massive inequality. Sounds delightful. Imagine a future where this becomes a real possibility. Let them eat cake. Well, cake is pretty luxurious. Look, guys, I know that quality food is now in short supply, but good news! If you change your definition of what you consider to be food, then there's lots to eat. All you have to do is go down to the rockery in your back garden, and it's like a veritable banquet of bugs. Just take a look at what's in your own garden. What's next? 
You don't have a garden? Well, if you live in a box-in-the-sky apartment in a major urban area or city, good news! You're probably no more than about 30 meters from a nearby rat. Rats are eaten in lots of countries. I looked it up on Google. Rats are eaten regularly in Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, parts of the Philippines and Indonesia, Thailand, Ghana, China and Vietnam, says Grant Singleton from the International Rice Research Institute in the Philippines. That's from a BBC source. These are very poor countries indeed. Guess what else I googled? What countries eat bugs? This source is from theconversation.com. The dominant insect-eating countries are the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Congo, the Central African Republic, Cameroon, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, and South Africa. Clearly, all of them are economic powerhouses, as we know. The most commonly eaten insects include caterpillars, termites, crickets, and palm weevils. Insects are also eaten in China, the Philippines, Thailand, Ghana, Mexico, and Brazil. It says, though the U.S. Department of Agriculture warns that little is known about the safety of eating certain insects. Well, that doesn't exactly fill one with confidence, does it? It's almost like really awful times are coming in the future, where Western nations are going to be reduced to the same standard of living as some of the poorest nations on Earth. Huh. Adding both. And remember, remember the uh, the phases, or still say if you turn on, I think it's MSNBC, MSNBC or uh, something business channel, CNBC, uh, Shark Tank. You see that a lot with uh, grasshopper or cricket uh, bars and things like that. They're talking about. They were talking about this years ago. We'll get to the reason why this is important for what we're talking about on the reset. Bugs to the Western diet could help meet demand and reduce toxic methane gases produced by livestock. One quarter pound... Remember, this is all about global warming, right? ...under hamburger is the equivalent of seven pounds of CO2, about 425 gallons of water, plus about 600 square feet of habitat loss. You know, I have a feeling that these environmental and resource demands won't be all that much of a concern for the mega-wealthy who will likely continue to enjoy a rich, hearty, and varied diet that will no doubt include things like quarter pounders. Look, guys, it's time to eat bugs because climate change and CO2 emissions or something. Maybe CNN should begin adding insects to their lunch menu in the staff canteen. I should point out that in many of the poor nations I mentioned, they eat bugs as a delicacy and not a staple in their diet. If these people had access to significant quantities of meat, fish, and fresh vegetables, they wouldn't be eating bugs if they had the choice. The West doesn't need to start eating bugs. Resort dealers and insects to save the planet from global warming? Well, if you thought the climate change alarmism of having to eat bugs was bad, wait till you see what this Swedish behavioral scientist Magnus Soderlund is suggesting. This Yeah, this one, I've never forgotten this, this whole episode because of this. This guy literally talks about eating people to save the climate. And, uh... You can, I'll, I'll have this underneath in the show notes if you want to watch the rest, because like I said, it's 11 minutes, you see it's 11 minutes long. But here's a, uh, there's a photo of, yeah, a human hand on a fork. <laughs> anyway, so why does this matter? Well, the World Economic Forum, well, you know, I was looking through all the books, and I showed in the other video, I'm, I'm scanning through these, reading them. And I'm looking for the insects because I knew that was a that was a topic no one's talking about. And they're on their website, on their YouTube channel. They're actually focused on this right now. They went through, uh, they went through a whole week of food focused 
videos. I only listen to two or three. They're all an hour plus long. So it's really, unless you got a team doing this, it's hard to look at everything they're posting. But they were talking about obviously changing everything, the food-based or plant-based diets, change your diet. They say change your diet, plant-based diet, more uh, equality in your diet, things like that. Like, what does that, what does equality in your diet even mean? Anyway, so I decided, let me just go ahead and do the World Economic Forum and type in insects. Here's one from September 20th, September 23rd, 2019. Burgers, bugs, and the shift to a new way of eating. How often do we meet? For many people, the answer is not often as before. Two-thirds of U.S. consumers say they are consuming less meat. The cost and health concerns being the primary reasons, instead 42% are turning into meatless alternatives. I like meat. I, I like eating meat. Not one of that group. In the U.K., 29% say they're eating less meat because of its carbon footprint. Uh, stupid. Livestock is responsible for 14.5% of all human global greenhouse gas emissions. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever the motivation switches have an impact. 2018, the global meat subsidies market was valued at $4.6 billion. By 2023, it's expected to reach $6.4 billion. By the way, Bill Gates is, is uh, uh, runs some kind of fake food place that they create meat. Uh, did you do? Let's see. So this is a Impossible Burger. We mentioned it in part one with uh, Michael. Uh, you remember this? That was all over. That was all over the place. Oh, here, yeah, here's Bill Gates. Impossible Foods, uh, foods known for its bleeding plant-based burgers, has received 806 million in funding from investors like Gates, Google Ventures, and Reddit co-founder Alexis Oyahan. While Beyond Meat, which manufactures plant-based beef, chicken, and pork, has secured 163.6 million in backing. What has four legs, antenna, and scope to feed the world? While there is still significant resistance in the Western world to eating insects, no kidding, duh, as we would say before, there have been attempts to develop marketable bug-based foods. By 2050, there's that key, word, key year again, the world's population will hit 9.1 billion and feeding all those people in a sustainable way. Drink! That's on your, that's on your uh, <laughs> end times bingo card, your globalist bingo card. Uh, will be significantly challenged. Crickets need 12 times less feed, 12 times less feed than cattle to produce the same amount of protein. All right, great. I'm still wanting the cattle. <laughs> EXO, which uh, has Michelin-starred chefs producing cricket energy bars, has already received 5.3 million in funding from investors. <sighs> so you can again, you can read up more of this later. Is there something at the bottom? Yeah. No, thank you. Another one. Good grub. Why we might be eating insects soon. This is from July 6th. I wonder if it saves. I'll just start over. Finding a bug in your food can be a moment of horror that kills the mood and your appetite in one fell swoop. That is about to change, according to this research. You've crunched the numbers of why we'll soon be voluntarily crunching insects. You, which one of y'all voluntarily eating any of that, uh, eating any insect today, or in the not so distant future? Let's see, it's all about climate, more uh, climate change. All right, you know, there was very an in that was it a drought of hurricanes hitting the U.S. coast the last few years, and we had a, a great number this year. 
It's climate change. Even the last time they were blamed climate change, now they blame climate change. It's everything is climate change. Cold climate change, hot climate change, winter, summer. I don't know. The climate I live in is still the same. I don't know when when it's supposed to change, but if my climate turns into the Arctic, then I'm going to say, yeah, the climate change. But it ain't. It's. I can go outside. I was in a t-shirt out there the other day. I'm in the south. It's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be Denver, Colorado. It may not be too long before we can buy all edible insects at your local grocery store <laughs> if they let you in. Despite being eaten by 2 billion people globally, EU laws have prevented the sales of insects for human consumption. <sighs> so you can read more of that. This company is breeding millions of insects in the heart of London. This is from August 21st, 2019. I'll play a little bit, just a clip of the video. Insects are becoming a trend. The Western diet has to kind of shift and change. And most importantly, it's natural, it's normal, and it's the way that we have to feed the future. We're facing big global challenges. People don't believe that they can make a change, but you really, really can, because you making a change is the only change you can really make. When it times it by nine billion people, it makes a fundamental difference to the way that we live in this planet. Blah, blah, blah. Again, you're eating a cockroach. I, also, I haven't met, I don't know anybody that is sick, and I don't know anybody that likes eating cockroaches or crickets. Uh, here's another one. Let's see. A psychologist explains why we find some food disgusting and why it matters. <laughs> here's a, uh, I guess that's a caterpillar salad. I don't know. Again, if you want to look at it. Notice insects have been, uh, been long on the menu in Thailand. Doesn't look like she has carpeted in an air conditioner unit, huh? They look kind of poor. Again. As they said, as as Dave said before, and it is part of the whole communist thing. If equality, when you hear that, goes down. No one gets lifted up. Everyone goes. Everyone becomes poor. <sighs> so yeah, if you want to read more of this, uh, I didn't want to play that. I don't even know what's it about. I didn't lack of caring, but yeah. Let's see. What's this? Despite lockdown, greenhouse gases have risen to record highs. The UN said. Oh yeah, this is a COVID-19 lockdown. It's helped to reduce emissions by 17% in April. Do, do, do. Greenhouse gases were toward high. Da, da, da. Blah, 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 blah. You want to read it? I, I just forgot what I why I had this up here for. But oh, it shows you that they have the uh, podcast. Sorry, I'm trying to rush through it. Here's one for you: education. If you thought your kids were safe. Resetting Education, Lessons from Sesame Street on Helping the Generation at Risk, this week's Great Reset Podcast. TV show Sesame Street teaches kids around the world about COVID. Sesame Workshop is using digital technology to educate kids in the world's biggest refugee camp. At the world's biggest refugee camp. The plan, uh, <laughs> oh, pandemic. The, the WHO basically, don't forget, uh, changed the number to zero for it. Zero deaths qualifies a pandemic, by the way. Has disrupted education 1.6 billion children, the UN says. Blah, blah, blah. Subscribe to the podcast here. I'll let Grover, he's got his own Twitter account, by the way, talk to Hello, you. everybody. It is your old pal Grover with some health tips. Always wash your hands before you eat, after you play, and after going to the bathroom. 
Wash them for 20 seconds with soap and water. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, well. Um, another way for everyone to stay healthy is by practicing physical distance and staying six feet away from people in public. That is right, six cute little feet like these. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, here is another tip to stay healthy. Wear a mask in public to protect yourself and others. Make sure to wear it properly like this. Hmm? Getting the kids oh, young. This is not correct. Like this? This. Well, these are all this, appropriate ways this. to wear one. If you need to go in somewhere, you're going to mock it. I saw a video and someone goes, oh, yeah, I got a mask when I find it. Well, I need to put it on. He put it over his head. Yeah, you told me to put it on. These are all acceptable ways to wear it. This? Where did everybody go? Like this. Don't worry ah, like that. I did it. <laughs> you should wear a mask securely on your face, covering your mouth and nose. Everyone can do their part to stay healthy and careful. Whoa! It's slipping on Grover. <laughs> so that is where the soap went. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're using him. And uh, there's another, they have a longer podcast right here uh, where he gets into basically talking about how it's good to stay home and not having to go into school and things like that. It's getting that mindset that we talked about in part one about even with adults, you're getting them getting them used to being home away from the office you're not having to drive in because driving in produces that apparently kills the planet co2 even though it makes trees green and the plants need co2 but don't think on that too hard anyways uh so yeah it's the whole mindset of trying to keep people from moving to doing anything to get around people you're isolated by yourself and well you're a biohazard so you don't want to get around people because you might get a sniffles or something like that Anyway, here's a Cuomo. Let me see if I can get to the right spot on this. I don't know if anybody knows. This. Is also By the way, apparently you got an Emmy. Next few days. Uh, uh, this is back in May said from the May beginning. 5th. And let's open a smarter education differently. During that one teacher across the state disinfected. We were before. Where, we didn't replace what where it was. Where says it on here. Sorry. We improved. But anyway, he basically gives Bill Gates, the Gates Foundation. Almost everything that we learned during that this. time. Our housing. New York has been con for every year than it gives. Wear a mask. And I was saying last night, I don't know skills on that and take it yeah, on as a project. Forgive me. I'm I don't know where exactly that. it is in this whole thing. FEMA. If you want to check it has out. But he gives... Well, you see it in the commercial <laughs> or the, the title. I'm sorry. Duh. I mean, it's late. Governor Cuomo announced a collaboration with Gates Foundation Reimagined Education. So the state of New York is education systems run by the Gates. So remember I brought up the UBI, Universal Basic Income. Why is this important on there? Well, if you're not working and robots are taking over the planet and working and robots are making other robots. By the way, this is January 15, 2017. Well, how are people going to pay for things? They, your bills are still going to come in, right? Uh, if you're renting, you got to pay rent. You got to pay the bank back for a house. How do you do it? And he mentions, consider for a moment that this day forward, on the first day of every month, around $1,000 depositing your bank account because you are a citizen, because you could breathe. This income is independent of every other source of income, guarantees your monthly starting salary above the poverty line for the rest of your life. Now, this is before they get into you lose your job from a robot or anything like this. 
You got to have that. It goes directly in your bank account. Maybe your social credit score determines your basic, your universal basic income. Universal basic income is the answer to inequality exposed by COVID-19. There's the keyword, inequalities. Take a drink. Rule number one for crisis management, when you find yourself in a hole, first stop digging. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. This time they add new elements of the policy packages the governments are introducing. One we know to have abandoned, but have abandoned UBI, universal basic income. Let's see. Actually, and he gets into this. The Trudeau pledged 2000 a month. Uh, if you listen to the Democratic guys, they talked about it. He talks about it in here. He talks about having uh, UBI in this as well, big time. And in this one, he talks about UBI plus stimulus, as in you're throwing money out of a helicopter. I've heard politicians say uh, throwing money out of a helicopter. So this, this guy's like in control of literally everybody. And here's the power and promise, universal basic income. Uh, they bring up. I brought this up. Brought this up because of Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris. Who did you find? Did you see that uh, Biden wants to get Bernie on the on the team? I saw that. You gotta be kidding me! Uh, when Kamala will uh, take over presidency, they you know they propose two thousand a month for every every adult, up to three children per household, until this until the the Rona subsides, which they don't plan on ever letting subside. So. I just wanted to put that out there for those. Yeah, that's the rest of what I wanted to talk about. And it's only about a half hour into this. So check out part one. Uh, I went through this pretty quick because I want to get back out with the family for the rest, before they, everyone goes to bed. But uh, yeah, take check out part one with Michael and Reason and Theology. Thank, thank you again for having me on there. It was, it was great. I uh, hope people get educated on what's going on. Get the books if you want. Uh, let me get the right screen up so you can see it. Whoops, I have still on from the other one. Uh, book. Sorry. <laughs> get that book too. But get these books so you have an idea of what's going on. They're by the same author. Uh, these are free to listen to read if you're reading online, if you like reading online. One's, this one is an audio version. It's about 10 hours long. And this is recent. This came out in June. So if you want to know what's going on, check out those books. Stay up to date because this is not ending. Part of this is obviously the reset has nothing to do with the Rona. Uh, it's only about climate change. They've been working on this for years. This is all their plans all coming together, accumulating at one, at one spot. Um, this has been planned for years. This will not end. They are not planning on ending this. There's no way in God's green earth they will just stop unless miraculously we get something you know maybe like in austria when they prayed the rosary and uh the the russians left austria was it the russians yeah maybe we get something like that we need a great uh awakening religiously obviously people get mass uh as people have stated there are people getting killed overseas blowing up churches exploding and people are still getting the mass we want to fix this. We got to get the sacraments. Got to get the mass. Go to communion. Go to confession. Got priests. Open the doors. Unlock the doors, and let your let the Department of Health know that their uh, 
their uh, power stops where your doors start. Don't let them in. Tell them to go pound sand. Uh, I know that's that's a hard that's it's not easy to to do, and it's easy for me to say on this side. I, I'm, we got to stop. We got to take a stand before this stops. I mean, bishops got to lead the way, and priests that do it, that talk about it, that preach about it. If you get in trouble, call an email or something. We'll try to get you to, I don't know. You see, like Father Altman, he got in trouble, and I think he started talking to other bishops. I, 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 Father Bishop Strickland, I think, backed him up. Hopefully, bishops like that will back you up. Uh, we need you to fight. Uh, anyways, well, thank you for listening. Uh, hope you liked uh, part one. This is part two. Check out part one. It'll be underneath in the show notes. God love you, and uh, good night.